Hello and welcome to Filling the Sink, a podcast from Catalan News. I'm Lorcan Doherty and today we're talking about abortion. In June of this year, the US Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, thereby doing away with the constitutional right to abortion there. But what about here in Catalonia? On today's podcast, we're taking a look at the law as it stands today, the changes proposed by the Spanish government, and the reality for Catalan women on the ground. I'm joined today by Christina Tomas-White and Gifrey Jordan. Hello to you both. Hey, Hi, Morgan. Obviously, the focus of today's podcast is going to be uh, Catalonia and, and the law as it stands in Spain. But I think, you know, it is interesting to note that this year, it's hard to ignore the, that US, if we're talking about abortion, it's hard to ignore that US Supreme Court ruling, Gifrey. Yeah, absolutely. And this uh, this ruling hit the headlines worldwide, obviously, and prompted other countries such as France to, to take action. So France lawmakers uh, recently, in last month, they voted to protect abortion rights in the constitution. So that's one of the abortion headlines. It's interesting. Abortion rights kind of in flux, uh, not always going in the same direction, sometimes more restrictive, sometimes less restrictive. Right. No. So for example, in Hungary in September, they passed a heartbeat um, law, which means that before you have an abortion, you need to listen to the fetal heartbeat. Okay. And uh, similarly, Poland just last year as well restricted abortion to only like very specific cases only when the woman's life or health is in danger or if it's a result of a a criminal act well looking a bit closer to home then here in catalonia do you want to explain what the law is as it currently stands and, and maybe a little bit about the history as well Right. So it was actually first legalized in Catalonia in 1937. This is during the Second Republic. And that was a law just in Catalonia that didn't apply yeah, across Spain? only, only in Catalonia. During the Civil War, it was legalized. But then, of course, during the dictatorship under Francisco Franco, it was uh, banned again. So only women who could afford to travel abroad would be able to access abortion care. Many times you'd hear of women traveling to London. Yeah, oh, that's right. very typical from the yeah. generation of our parents, right. you know, like London as a beacon of, well, of abortion. Well, that's that's yeah. a, that's interesting. That's a shared experience with Irish people as well, you know, traveling to, to England up until, obviously, there was a referendum in, in 2018. Back to Catalonia then. So uh, there was a law brought in in 1985 that changed things? Yeah, so it was actually legalized across Spain in 1985. So abortion is a Spain-wide law. But because of how um, healthcare is devolved to the different uh, autonomous communities within Spain, the Catalan health system is the one that actually is providing these abortions if you're going through the public system. Um, so it was legalized in 1985. There were three main points that you had to meet in order to be able to get one. The first was whether it affected the woman's physical or mental health. The second was rape. Or the third was severe fetal abnormalities. Of course, even though it wasn't technically on demand, most people would just say that it, it was affecting them physically or mentally and they were able to get abortions like that. Okay, but in 2010, uh, with the with the socialist party in power, this was officially established by law. The fact that it's on demand, so that's what that's the law we have now. The 2010 Spanish law on abortion uh, says that it's covered by public health service. It's on demand, so it's if if you want to have an abortion, 
you don't have to give an excuse or right, make up right. some story or something. And that's an important point to make is that before it was only private. It was only through the private clinics that you could have an abortion. It wasn't covered by the public health system. Okay, so that changed in 2010. What else changed with that law, Christina? Yeah, so it explicitly states that the um, if you want to have an abortion within the first 14 weeks of pregnancy, no reason needs to be given. Beyond 14 weeks, um, women can get an abortion up until 22 weeks if the pregnancy poses a risk to the mother's life or health, or if there's a risk of severe fetal abnormalities. And then after 22 weeks, um, the abortion can only be carried out if there are fetal abnormalities with a condition that's incompatible with life or a severe and incurable condition. Uh, this also needs to be green-lighted by an ethics committee. Yeah, and on top of that, uh, this 2010 legislation introduced a three-day reflection period. So from the moment in which you say, I want to have an abortion till you get it, uh, three days need to go by. Okay, and that is something that uh, might be changing soon. More on that later on. But uh, the law has changed once since 2010 already. In 2015, there were some amendments. Yeah, an amendment was introduced when the Spanish People's Party was ruling. So the 2010 law established that anyone 16 or over could make their decision to have an abortion. But the 2015 amendment Uh, said that, okay, 16 and 17-year-olds need a parental um, permission. And in fact, medically speaking, the only other things that 16 and 17-year-olds need parental consent for are to participate in clinical trials or to get IVF. Okay, so I think we've got pretty clear what the law is now, but obviously how that plays out in practice, uh, you know, isn't always very straightforward. To find out more, Christina spoke to Julia about her experience of seeking an abortion in Catalonia. I met Julia at an event I went to a few months ago in Barcelona on abortion in Catalonia. There, in front of a room full of medical professionals and reproductive rights activists, Julia got up to share her story. Throughout the process, from when I first found out I was pregnant to the post-treatment checkup I never had, there was a lack of continuity, she told the doctors, the very people she feels failed her not medically but emotionally. I passed through the hands of 15 different people from start to finish and no one ever asked me how I was doing. The room broke into applause. I knew I had to talk to her. In April and 2021, I had an abortion, like I, a voluntary <laughs> abortion. Abortion and miscarriage are the same term in Catalan and in Spanish. The only way to differentiate them is by specifying whether you're talking about a voluntary one or not. But most of the time it's left to context clues. Julia, who was 25 when we spoke, but 24 at the time of her abortion, said it was a stressful period in her life, even though she had the support of her family and partner. It was difficult because of the like logistics and you know knowing now you have to talk to a doctor then to another one then you have to call the clinics to like book a time. <laughs> she hadn't realized she was pregnant right away either but was still able to make the 14 week cutoff. Actually first time I went to the doctor because I didn't have my period and also because I felt sometimes a bit lightheaded 
They made me a first like pregnancy test. It was negative, and the doctor told me that it was okay. I like the period was not coming because of because I was stressed. Not long afterwards, however, she discovered that she was in fact pregnant. Um, from that moment, I already knew I didn't want to have any child. So, <laughs> I I told the doctor that I I wanted to do the abortion, but no, I had to wait three days and reflect. She thinks the three-day reflection period could be used to talk women out of getting abortions. I was very sure, but I guess that if you are not that sure, those three days, maybe they make you decide not to do it because you've seen information in the internet or you talk to your family or some friend that is against it and they like modify your opinion. Not only did she have to wait three days to get the authorization to have an abortion, and then another few days to actually have it done, but she had to travel from the small city of Garnier's, where she was living at the time, to Barcelona, 30 kilometers away, in order to have a surgical one performed. In Granollers, you cannot do the abortion there, but it's pretty close to Barcelona. The list of clinics that the doctor gives you so for you to choose, they are all private clinics that have like some kind of agreement with the public health system. You don't have any reference, only names and directions and phone numbers. On your own, you have to call the clinic, you have to book a time to go and do the abortion, whereas in other medical proceedings, it's the same doctor that gives you the time and everything. It's not like you have to talk to an external person. Despite this experience, Julia counts herself lucky. Yeah, if you live in Lleida or in the Pyrenees or far away from Barcelona, then maybe you have to do like three or four hours by car. And the more she talks to people about it, the more common she realizes it is. Around one in three women in Catalonia will have an abortion in their lifetime. You start talking about it and, and then like cases start to pop up like, Ah, yes, when I was young, or the friend of my friend, or and if we had shared this experience before, I would have felt more, like, much more safe and comfortable. Yeah, I think it's much more common, even though we don't talk about it. Thank you very much to Julia for sharing her experience with us. That experience, Gifrey, of, well, number one, having to travel is something that is quite common across parts of Catalonia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it used to be very common. Now I think uh, there are some, some progress is being made in the past few years. The network of uh, health centres that offer abortions is bigger every year as time goes by. But especially if you want a specific type of abortion, in some regions, you don't have a chance unless you travel for, you know, a couple of hours, really. So, for instance, in, in the Pyrenees, in the Western Pyrenees of the Lleida area, you don't have any chance to have an abortion unless it's a medical abortion. So if you want a surgical one, you have to go to Lleida, you know, the main city of this very vast region 
and without many highways. So so it takes a while. It can take up to two hours. It's very mountainous. So there's not a very mountainous, very mountainous. So it's it's gotten somewhat better for women in these areas because up until very recently, you could only have a medical abortion up until nine weeks. Um, even though you can have an abortion on demand until 14 weeks, um, if they found out too late, they would have to travel further to get a surgical one. But as of two months ago, they can now have abortion pills until 14 weeks. Mm-hmm. But again, I mean, a few years ago, this was much worse because uh, in some areas you didn't even have the chance to, to have a medical abortion. So, so neither of them. Okay. Uh, there's also the factor of conscientious objectors. Uh, according to one investigation by El Critic, in the province of Lleida, which we've mentioned, so it's a rural province over in the west of Catalonia, quite a big area, you know. So in the year 2015, uh, a total of 20 out of 22 health professionals were conscientious objectors. So obviously that really limits the kind of, or at a practical level, the availability of abortion services. We, we have to say that we tried to get yeah, an did. updated info on, on this. You mentioned these figures of 2015, but we were... But, but this was the de- Yeah, but this was denied. So the health department of Catalonia didn't uh, release this information. Okay. So okay. we don't know exactly where we are at at and, the moment. And speaking of the health system, uh, one of the things as well is that it's, it's obviously publicly funded, but a lot of abortions take, still take place in private health centres. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, 80% of the abortions in Catalonia, every year we have around 20,000 abortions, 80% of them publicly funded, but not all happening in public health centers. Why? Because uh, some people, they are told to go to private centers, despite the fact that they don't have to pay, but but maybe the public service cannot cope with uh, so many, or they are overwhelmed, or they have a lot of conscientious objectors, or for any reason, they are sent to private uh, also, centers. private clinics have far more experience than, than the public uh, health system, just because mm-hmm. they've been doing these since 1985, where they've only been covered by the public system since 2010. The result of that is like almost four in ten publicly funded uh, abortions happen in private centers, which means these uh, services are outsourced and uh, they're very likely to be far more expensive for a taxpayer uh, than if they happened in, in public uh, centers. Okay. And Christina, how does, how does Catalonia compare to the rest of Spain? Well, it's actually a lot easier, to, generally speaking, to get an abortion in Catalonia than other parts of Spain. Um, in 2020, which is the last year that we have uh, figures from the Spanish government, uh, the abortion rate among women between the ages of 15 and 44 is higher in Catalonia than any other part of Spain. In, in Catalonia, it's 1344 abortions per every thousand women between these ages. Whereas if you go to Aragon, which is just next door, it's eight. It's eight and a half. It's even as low as as in Cantabria, 789. It's much lower. And actually, we've talked about how people have to travel in Catalonia in order to get an abortion. But it's it's much, much worse in other parts of Spain, such as, you know, Extremadura or or parts of Andalusia. And even even towards Madrid, they have to travel much further than the average person in Catalonia. Okay. Uh, speaking of travel and stuff, one kind of interesting point about Catalonia is uh, the fact that so many women come from Andorra, obviously the micro state in the Pyrenees, that come to Catalonia for abortions as well. 
Yeah, so every year there are over 100 Anya for abortions because there it's completely illegal. Completely illegal. It's one of the few places in Europe where there's, there's no exceptions. And Andorra is like, its population is like 80,000, so 100 or per less. year. <laughs> or less. 70, 80,000. So, so that's in the past three years, 2020, 21 and 22 so far. It's almost 300. Andorra I was actually aware of, but I wasn't aware that people actually also travel from France to Catalonia. Yeah, we we have this uh, the stats uh, provided by the Catalan Health Department, in which France is the country of residence with more uh, people having abortions here, more than 1,000 uh, since 2020. So 2020, 2021, and uh, until mid-2022, more or less. And, and we were looking into the reasons behind this, and actually only until very recently was abortion on demand only until 12 weeks in France. So women who would realize that they were pregnant later on in their pregnancy would come to Catalonia often to get these abortions. Okay, okay. Maybe the price and maybe distance. It's also cheaper and it's very close. Exactly. It, 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 can, be, it can be other reasons to explain this stat as well. Okay. Now we're going to hear from some activists about their current complaints and, and, and concerns and demands when it comes to abortion rights in Catalonia. This report from Christina features Silvia Adalbert and Selene Alberic. Even though health authorities have been making strides when it comes to expanding access to abortion services in parts of the Pyrenees in western, southern and central Catalonia, Silvia Adalbert Garcia of the Asociación de Drets Sexuals y Reproductivos Association says there's still much to be done for women seeking late-term abortions as well as those who do not live in Barcelona. The overwhelming majority of abortions in Catalonia happen in week 9 of pregnancy or earlier. When a woman tries to get one after week 22, it's more often than not because of severe fetal abnormalities, something Silvia says can be absolutely devastating for expectant parents. Going before an ethics committee for authorization can be hit or miss, Silvia says, with some turning down a case and others in other regions sometimes approving the same one. While these cases are rare, her association has even helped women travel abroad for late-term abortions. And as for abortion on demand until week 14, in parts of Catalonia, women might be able to get an abortion, in some places as of only very recently, but not choose between a medication or a surgical one. This ends up forcing many to travel to the Barcelona area or other larger cities. This could change to an extent now that health authorities will allow women to have medication abortions until the 14th week of pregnancy, up from the 9th, but will still be an issue for women who want or need the other kind. And, for example, in Terras Alebra, the southernmost region of Catalonia, up until only a few months ago, women had to travel either an hour to Tarragona or two to Barcelona for surgical abortions. Selene Alberic, an activist from the area who I spoke to, told me they can now have them done much closer to home in Tortosa. 
Llavors, el primer que fa una dona quan vol avortar és dirigir-se a, a la CIR. That said, Tortosa isn't always the easiest place for these women to get to, either. Selene pointed out that the entire Terras de Lebre region, made up of four counties, has only one public sexual and reproductive health center women can go to for a referral, and only one hospital for both medication and surgical abortions, both of which are in Tortosa. That's an hour away from women who live in Alcaná, the last town in Catalonia before the Valencia region, or those who live in Flix, not too far from Aragón. In Manresa, in central Catalonia, a gynecologist I spoke with told me they still have to send women to Igualada, another city, for surgical abortions, despite the fact that health authorities said that this procedure would be available in Manresa over a year ago. This doctor wished to remain anonymous because one of the hospitals she works for is religious, says that's the reason why abortion services are lacking in the region. Most of her colleagues, at least the ones her age, 40, and younger, have no problem with performing abortions, she said, but don't because the hospital won't allow it. It's doctors in their 50s or 60s who are more likely to object. This same doctor argues, just as Silvia and Selene do, the information is key. Women will continue to have abortions regardless of whether they're legal or not, which is why they must have access to care and be informed about all abortion and birth control options available to them in order to improve health outcomes. Thanks very much to Sylvia Adalbert and Selene Alberic. Well, we've heard some of the complaints then that activists have. Do we know, uh, is anything being done? What are kind of the authorities doing to address those complaints? So, yeah, for instance, uh, Catalan authorities have been prioritising expanding the, net- the network of uh, health centres able to provide uh, abortions Actually, there's a there's a plan on sexual and reproductive rights uh, approved uh, not so long ago by the Catalan government, and two of the priorities of this was abortions, and on the one hand, extending the possibility of medical abortions. This is kind of done already with this uh, extension between week nine and week fourteen, and the other thing was to include more public health centers in this network. As we just said a couple of minutes ago, the public system still sends loads of uh, people to, to private centres. So there's something that want, that they want to fix. OK. Christina, the Spanish government is also looking to bring in uh, legislation around abortion. Right. So as you might remember, a couple of months ago, the Spanish government approved what was dubbed worldwide the menstrual leave law, um, which is, you know, people who have painful periods will be able to take paid leave off work. But actually in this bill, which is only which has only been approved by the Spanish government, it still hasn't made its way through Congress. So it's not actually a law yet. But if it is approved, it will also allow 16 and 17 year olds to get abortions without parental consent. It also does away with the three day waiting period. 
And it'll also expand access to abortion in public health centres. Okay, something we heard uh, from Geoffrey earlier, the Catalan government is already uh, trying to do. Um, that's expected to become law. It hasn't passed yet, but, you know, in the coming weeks and months, uh, it has enough support in Congress, basically, so it's right, just a matter right, of time. Right, And also, in, in addition to what I what I just mentioned, beyond 22 weeks, even though um, if a woman does want to get an abortion, it will have to go before a committee. Um, now, with this new law, once it's approved, it states that uh, the committee cannot include conscientious objectors. Okay, and when that actually does come in, of course, you'll be able to read about it on catalannews.com. Time now for our Catalan phrase. Uh, who's got one for me this week? Christina's pointing at Gifre. Gifre's got one. I'm pointing at <laughs> Christina. No, I mean, no caudals anils. No caras and nils. And nils is rings. No yeah. car is no fall. It's like fall, no? Yeah, it's drop. Drop, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. Uh, the rings don't fall or something? What's, I don't know where this is going. Yeah, <laughs> imagine imagine you're the CEO of Cattle News and, you know, but something drops on the floor and there's some something there and, and you have to sweep a little bit and you would say, oh, no me cago els anells to do that, you know, so to do a very basic job, let's say, kind of thing, uh, even if I'm super important, I'm, I'm okay in doing not this. above it. Yeah. So what you, you could translate as like, my rings won't fall off or something. Oh, is it like, are we talking about rings in your hands or something? Oh, yeah, like, of course. Ah, right, yeah, so yeah, you yeah. can get your hands dirty. It's just... That's the thing. I've That's just twigged thing. it. Okay, so you don't mind getting stuck in. You're getting your hands dirty. Your rings aren't going to fall off. you can but be super important or something. All so your very uh, ornate, <laughs> ornate your golden your rings aren't going to fall off, even if you do a bit of hard work. All right. Gotta find me, right? Okay. No caura elza nails. That's all we've got time for today. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email fillingthesink at acn.cat. It's always nice to hear from our listeners. Thank you very much to everyone who spoke to us this week for the podcast. Thank you, Gifrey. Thank you, Christina, for joining me today. Yeah, thanks to you. We're back again next Saturday with another episode of Filling the Sink. Until then, for me, Lorcan Doherty, and all of us here at Catalan News, bye for now. Adieu.